Hi folks, Joel here. Uh, we gotta stop meeting under these circumstances. It seems like our audio got botched a little bit here. Uh, we do have the episode still, but you're gonna hear some graininess and background noise. I uh, just wanted to give you forewarning. That said, uh, do not forget we do have a Patreon at patreon.com slash superggradio where you can help fund us doing better jobs at editing. Uh, we also have Twitter, Facebook, Anchor, and uh, Twitch under the same name. Uh, so if you could, please go there. If you are interested, feel free to make a recurring donation through Patreon, and we'll catch you next week. What's good, Internet, and welcome to session 150. Holy crap, Olas! of Super GG Radio, where friends chat about video games and all things adjacent. I am your host and extreme gamer, Eric Getty Gettinger. We need to blast through all these low-level noobs and build some rep. Speaking of low-level noob, please welcome Alex Arona. Maybe a low-level noob, but I am, I, sir, am no noob. I used to run this show, and I used to do it with triple the energy. I used to shotgun four Red Bulls pre-show then shotgun two more on the break yeah yeah i get it man but the stress of having a family and working all the time is preventing you from from really playing video games and that's that's why we have family man joel dewitt with us on the show it's really all his fault but he he made that choice for himself he's just reaping the reward of it but i mean in truth it's the stress that leads me to video games that and using my children to get new toys to play with yeah it's the, the American dream right there. You just blame the family for everything. Ask my brother and all his Transformers. Yeah, you get you got to have a hobby. Uh, this week we also have our family man, Alec Parks, along for the road trip. Uh, behold, the pain of being in a char- car with small children for the next 90 minutes. I mean, being on a podcast with the small children. Yeah, we're all small children here, and we behave like it. Uh, that's a very fair assessment of the crew. And in a surprise turn of events, we welcome uh, a guest, Antol. Man, I'm I'm sorry if I destroy your last name. Bokor. Hey, that was good. Yeah, Antol Bokor. Uh, good to be here. From Third Coast Review, welcome, sir. Thanks for all right, guys. Are we there yet? Are we th- Are we there yet? Yeah, you know That's what? Not even remotely funny. We're not we gonna be there. We never get there. Every week, it's a giant tease. All right, so this week <clears> we're <throat> gonna hang with a little ghost and early adopters, traverse the hazards surrounding the news, and then finally talk Gorogoa in the backlog. Which I feel like that's not really gonna happen, and it's just a sick joke week after week. Nope, and we then, already punted it. Yeah, great. Not even five minutes into the podcast and it's already gone uh i then i get to dish out video game homework 2020 edition yeah hope you guys are ready all right so let's uh scoot on over to early adopters where we play alphas betas and games that will ruin you that's right this week we're going to talk recursive ruin i assume everybody played it yes 
Hey, I yes, teacher. <laughs> I think this actually might be the first time that we all like played like played these pretty deep. Until I don't know if you've ever listened to our podcast, but we very rarely get full attendance. <laughs> hey, and you got a plus one now, so yeah. Oh yeah. House. I'm glad. All right, recursive ruin. So I I saw the chat going back and forth with the guys this week. This is a first-person puzzle game, and it made everyone's head hurt uh, in a good way and a bad way, I believe. I, because Alec played it, I would like your assessment, kind sir. This game, the first true puzzle you have, really screwed with my head. You get It's a story-based game, point and click. You're moving boxes around and the world. I don't know how else to explain it. It looks uh, like you're inside one of those pictures, those magic eye pictures. Oh, a kaleidoscope. <laughs> yes. Or a kaleidoscope. <clears throat> yeah. That's, that's, that's another thing. One. So the, the actual levels themselves, and levels, but it's, it's <laughs> actually, you know, what's funny is that it is actually a pretty wide looking area when you first open into it. But there is a very direct narrow path you have to take so it's it's weirdly linear in spite of that uh so the the main mechanics are that you can either shift parts of the land up or down and then you can also eventually get to a point where you can shrink or expand back to normal size and at its core most of the puzzles are take this box that you generate from a machine find a big floating eyeball and poke them in the eye with the box and that opens a door to the next section that that's reductively what the game is. yeah i yeah. every time i solved a puzzle i kept saying i don't know how i did that i don't know what i did to get there but i did it yeah it has a real corridor like feel to it because it feels like you just go from point a to point b i um it was funny because uh, when i first jumped into it i saw this you know the wide open area and i'm like i want to get to the middle of this and then i realized hey it's recursive and you know i did the <laughs> same thing <laughs> and um i don't know i just that was one of those moments where i was just like wow this is really clever and it it has surprisingly good graphics it's a really gorgeous game um, and the, uh, I don't know, the, um, I guess like the TV head lady, was that a TV on her head? I can't really, I can't it remember, man. Like TV, it was also like box. holding in on itself. Like a hypercube. Yeah. Hmm. Like it's recursive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Let's not forget that you're playing recursive ruin as somebody playing recursive ruin. Oh God. It, yeah. Let's talk about that intro. That's real super hot vibes. <laughs> Because, um, that, like, when I first got into it, I'm, I was like, wow, this is not what I expected at all. And, um, I, you know, at first I'm like, okay, it's going to be like a, almost like a, um, like a cube or a portal-esque, like, puzzle game. And then you get into this game that's more of, like, a narrative, like, almost, like, sad, like, poignant, um, uh, you know, um, almost like a cerebral game that has no puzzles at all. And I thought it was stuck. You know, that audio recording, it's like you were um, going through memory. And I was standing there. I'm like, what am I missing? I even quit the menu, restarted the game. I'm like, this must be a bug. And I just, you know, like I'm, I read the community hub. And it's like, oh, you have to just let the recording finish. I'm like, I didn't even know there was a recording. I didn't know where those voices were coming from. <laughs> <laughs> and it, yeah, it, it was, was, one, it was one of the interactables. 
it, it was strange them having you sit and watch this too. Does it? It is just a, a blank spot on the wall. It turns into a screen. Like, and if you sort of looked at the sides of it too, you can just see it's sort of like copied over and over behind there if you turn. But it, it puts these sequences of a memory that it's it's like oddly there's lots of different things happening like they're at the beach at one point they point to a uh a building that i guess was a cathedral or something that caught fire on the dock and then they go straight to the actual burning building uh it was just very striking in this area that's mostly discolored like black and white right it's it's very what, you got a visual for that like was there an actual like cutscene for that for you because all I got was audio. I was standing in the room. Yeah, I got and... black screen. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Blank so too. Place right next to the mirror, where it kind of looks like an old uh, Apple iPod sort of screen, where right. it's got the progress bar at the bottom, and it's got a picture pictures that it goes through. Oh. Yeah. And <sighs> you can look into the sides of it, like Joel was saying, and it's just the same image plastered over and over okay down. yeah see like i have those moments where i feel so stupid i play all these games like i must play hundreds of games a year and then like i get to this and um like i'll even write a review and somebody will leave a comment it's like you're so dumb you must not play games it's like man i play so many games like it's <laughs> i can't blame myself for all these these design decisions i've but, forgotten um, more than you've ever known <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Yeah, you know, it, it's got it's got an idea. Like I thought that like it was like a uh, it was an interesting decision to have a conversation with the cat, but not one that just plays back and forth. It's like you have to keep interacting with that cat like seven times. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I yeah. was waiting to see because I thought it would, eventually it would run out of the things to say and then start over again. I, I kind of thought it was just one of those things that you could click forever and it would just cycle through sayings, but no, it's actually part of like the puzzle step to move forward. Yeah, and who let that cat open your mail? Yeah, That's right. What I want to know. <laughs> Grab the nose a little. The cat thought it was food. He Come brought on. it upstairs. He opened it. Then he placed it by the television for you. A PS4 game. This cat is clearly an eldritch horror in disguise. <laughs> right. Something not right about that cat. <laughs> That's all right. We also have that guy that floats, plays violin, and has a face that's just a void. And, and four, four arms. arms. And four arms. Oh, wow. Yeah, that dude was cool looking. I was, like, trying to look into his face hole. I don't, I don't know why, yes. but it was the first thing I did. I'm like, cool cloak. Like, let me look in your face. Because yeah. <laughs> that's a sentence. I, I really wanted to see if, if I looked far enough into his face, if I'd seen my face. Wow. <laughs> We're just really trying to avoid saying recursive anymore. <laughs> In order to understand recursion, you must first understand recursion. What's recursion? <laughs> <laughs> the um, the I like this cloak because it was just like galaxies, and it wasn't it wasn't like a cloth of galaxies. It was just like a straight image that, if you looked from different angles, you could see different stars. Yeah, that was really wild. I yeah, think the, the, the I whole aesthetic is very stark and uh. It, it, it leaves a lasting image, right? Like, it, after the game was done, the characters in it were still in my head. Very, very striking stuff. I, I couldn't tell if I was horrified or not. And in fact, that's how, like, when I did the puzzles, I also, like, couldn't tell. I was like, oh, my eyes are going crossed. Oh, no, I'm feeling kind of weird. Oh, I can't see straight. I don't know if I'm moving forward or backwards. Oh, God. It, like, it just kept, they kept, like, messing with my head the entire way and like again even with those characters i just kept going like i feel like i should be scared 
but I'm, I'm, I'm just more like intrigued and I just don't know how to feel. It's a weird experience. So what would you consider the last puzzle? Getting to the last room or realizing that you had to have a second conversation with the character standing in the room after they're like, come back once you understand. Oh yeah, it, like that, that was confusing to me. Like, come back after you don't understand, and then you just like fall through a void, and then come right back, and you're like, I guess I understand yeah. now. I'm here yep. now. I understand. So. Tell me what I understand. I rolled high on my perception roll. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Now let's see if you understand. Please explain to me, who already knows. Yeah, so I, I take it everybody had a pretty good time with Recursive Ruin. Anybody looking to wish list this bad boy, uh, come back to it once it it drops. I think I might just because uh, we I, we have been kind of edging along on the like at, through our betas, finding these manifold like, garden, manifold garden, super liminal, super liminal, and what was the, the one? There was one this year that was um, we were going through the puzzle rooms but you could basically just walk along the walls and like defy all of gravity oh yeah yeah, yeah I know what you're talking about and, that, and that's what I mean is that we're kind of hitting that space that I really like where we're just playing these games and going just like oh these are mind bending puzzles that kind of give me a headache but also I love those aha moments so I think that like this is another one of those that makes me feel it, it makes me feel smart without actually knowing what <laughs> I do to be smart and that's great game design when that happens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Joel, would you play it in VR? No, <laughs> I, think, I think that's a step too far. I might. I'm going to make it like, happen. I might, I might lose myself. We can talk I'm going to find death. the price point. I'm going to ask him to make it in VR, and I'm getting it for Joel. Um, oh, and then uh, Mine's Beneath Us was that one. Mine's Beneath Us. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was the subway one, yeah? Ooh. Okay. Yeah, we're on a roll. So, speaking of characters that haunt your dreams and keep you coming back, how about that uh, little ghost? Because we also played for this week, Little Ghost. Man. Heavy I metal. Thought, I thought this was punk rock as hell. Yep. I just... I, 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 I'll, I, I'll step up and explain the game, but I just want to say, like, I like a developer or just a game in general that just does not give a shit about what like what you think a good game is and just kind of does whatever it wants uh little ghost is uh the way they kind of described it uh through some development docs that i found on one of their websites is um they kind of took the mechanics of princess peach in mario 2 Hmm. uh doki doki panic and like the floating the hovering power but then kind of put in uh made their own style which end up being a hand-drawn ghost that you're controlling in a world that looks like cut up art like french art nouveau like you know like you, you buy at like target about a fake uh french new a nouveau poster that looks like a, a dude in a top hat smoking a cigarette like they cut a bunch of those out and newspaper clippings and that's the entire world is just that kind of art just the whole background is just like paper mache you know and then pencils and pens and paper clips but then this just like weird 1940s and 50s art style and then the music ugh, the music is just 
they f- they put a bunch of MP3s of like their friends playing weird off indie. I don't know, man. Some of those songs were pretty good. <laughs> yeah, no, they yeah. were. No, they were they were a great pairing. <laughs> what was going on here? The, the the style they nail. Like like it is a particular vibe that they're going to with this sort of like weird alt rock they they got podcasts you can listen to <laughs> they you listen to any of those yeah. because it just seemed like people <laughs> rambling they, they get real dark real quick that's what <laughs> podcasts are real dark real quick there's so like an existential rambling. realization about yes. uh I, Buddha I on the road yeah <laughs> one of them i listened to was just a guy going i don't know what hell what the hell happened i just i just don't know what happened? And I'm like, what? What are we listening to? Was <laughs> Some podcasts are like that. <laughs> are you trying to imply something here, Joel? I am. That, I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts. That's. <laughs> I, I also just want to describe that, like, the music just reminds me of like, I, Joel and I were those kinds of like douchebags that were just trying to find like the lowest lowbrow music that no one's ever heard of like a three-person band that put out a demo on a cassette and that's what this music was and i just kind of felt like i was like this music rocks it's it's really fun and it's really kind of all over the place with its style like sometimes it'll be jazz flute with like heavy guitars and then all of a sudden i'll just be like man i was also kind of a douche oh shit this is this is blood brothers the game yeah Damn. Like some, yeah, some of it was just like heavy metal, but also then you just like add like weird, weird, weird acid jazz piano, and you're like, I don't know what's going on right now. So how about those hazards in the game? Oh, the the pencil erasers and the so uh, large because erasers. Because your character is this little drawing of a ghost, erasers will destroy you. That's so, yeah, and then it actually gets like it gets it gets pretty hairy the further you go, where all of a sudden it's just straight spikes, like spike balls slamming down at you. There's a life counter on the side to see how many times you died. Yep. Oh, I missed that. I, I was at 11 when I stopped playing. <laughs> oh, there was a there was a couple part with some lasers where I just like was like barreling forward, being like, oh, I don't care, let's go. I want to see what's this path. And then it's fine, but the collectibles, if you got hit, you would drop them and they would go all the way back to the location where they started. That was some so, of my biggest complaint right there. And also with keys. What's that? Uh, so that the if, items would refresh. Yeah, if you there was one key you had to get that was like blue, and you had to take it past uh-huh. like seventeen different obstacles, and no matter where you are, no matter how many checkpoints you've hit or anything, if you get hit while you're carrying a key, it goes it's right gone. back to where it was. It's game over, man. Mm-hmm. Did that not? Do you not get to that part, Joel? No, I didn't get to that part. <laughs> so I personally put at least 30 minutes of my life into this game, and then I come to find out that you didn't do what you were supposed to. <laughs> no, I put 30 minutes in the, to the game. I just didn't make the same progress as you. It doesn't count if you turn on the game and walk away for 25 of those minutes. <laughs> Joel, get your shit together. <laughs> Wait, are we talking about my handicap? No, no. So, Antal, what did you think of this one? Um, you know, it reminded me of an Itch.io game a lot, but I've been saying that a lot. It feels like Itch.io is like creeping onto Steam, uh, which is good. I actually like, you know, the weird, more like strange avant-garde, uh, you know, games that are popping up. Um, as far as like enjoyment, like I can see definitely the um, like the hover mechanic from the you know like Super Mario Bros. Two thing, like you're saying, but um, like it almost feels like. 
I wish there was like a little bit more. Um, like the screen was a little bit larger. Like the perspective was a little different, and the movement didn't feel so heavy. Um, because I know you can float and you're a ghost, but like it just doesn't feel like like the moving is very joyful. You know what I mean? It feels like you're like you're shackled the whole time you're moving. But I really like the concept. I really like the art style. Music, like I said, is great. But um, so overall, it's just like you know, it was okay. Yeah, I hear you. In, in Mario Two, Peach is really snappy. You mm. go up real quick. You move really quick. Uh, this ghost is chill, <laughs> and, <laughs> a and he's at chill speed. And, and it doesn't necessarily translate to a nice, fluid experience. It was strange because it's like so cute. You know, the game's very cute, but then you talk to the um, the fireman. I don't remember what he said or something, but he's basically like, "Tell that rich guy to fuck off because um, something." <laughs> and I was like, "What?" You know, I was like so surprised I was actually in the game because you know, so you're a cutesy little ghost. But I mean, they, like, they they right up front give you like, "This is not for kids, and you should not play it." If oh, you're I didn't notice that. <laughs> It's very funny you said that also because like this afternoon we all got a screenshot from Joel here saying like, dude, this this guy has no chill, and it was that exact moment. <laughs> yeah, I missed that part because I probably wouldn't have been so surprised. I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll relay that message then. <laughs> I yeah. couldn't find the rich old man. Was there actually one to find? Yeah, he was the dude next to the uh, matches. It was the guy you talked to. It was confusing, and then they had you go back like three times. It was like, okay, now go back and tell him this and get me some coins. I'm like, man, I'm not going to get you coins. <laughs> yeah, it, I never actually went back and told him. <laughs> did you guys find the map maker? Did you guys see the map stuff? Yep. Yeah, I did. No. I kind of yeah. liked that where it... It presented you with different like ideas of what like like the you the the map guy goes go here and get my tools and then you go and you're almost there and someone stops you and goes ah eh, that way's blocked you got to go backwards <laughs> and then all and then use this alternate path and I actually kind of like that because I I I didn't it was that alternate path did that exist before and I missed it or was that it, just it like it existed mm. and you missed it see that's kind of cool that they make you explore the map more because I felt like when I got to the map maker I actually was. A little bit bummed because I I felt like like I'm, I don't know how you're supposed to traverse this world. It's so like like the style is very cool, uh, but it kind of almost like is in the way of what exactly is traversable and not. Oh yeah. yeah, that's a great point. I forgot to mention that. It's like one of those platforms. I hate platforms where you can't tell where the platforms are, and that this <laughs> game does that so much. But I mean, like you get used to the art style, you get used to it. So yeah. I kind of forgot that was a problem. But that's why it was like, oh, oh, they gave me an alternate path. And then it's like, oh, I, I, that kind of forced me to see that, like, oh, okay, this is this is an extra pathway. It's not blocked. It's not the art style. Or it is, it's just an art style, and it actually is a path. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool for me. Uh, and I, that's one of the things I really liked about that. Did you guys get to the boss? No. I did not. I didn't know there was a boss. So, oh, wait, 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 wait. Yes, I did. They said, this would normally be a boss, but he's not a boss, so here's some items. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. unicorn. I ran a, into a couple of areas where it was like, you can't go any further, because demo. Oh, my son. Yes, I like the self-referential humor in there. I also, mm -hmm. there was also one where they were like, where they said like, this is, there would, this would be a big open space in the, in, in the, in the actual game, but currently it's a demo. But it's weird that we're now pondering a thing that may not even exist. Let's just, let's just discuss that for a while. And I was like, oh, okay, it's a little existential there. They, uh, they even had uh, someone said that, like, this space was really monumentous in the game's development. 
but you probably don't want to hear that story. If you do, go to this website. And I went to the website, and it was like <laughs> about their design process and them designing that part of the stage. And it was like I was like, oh, this is kind of fascinating that they just like gave you this thing, this secret website, if you want to hear more of the story's development. Otherwise, they're just like, hey, this was kind of cool when we made the game. You don't need to know about it. It's fine. That's actually pretty neat. Yeah. I think it was uh, little-ghost.com slash 777. Take the website. Somebody don't verify that. I I think... No, nope, don't do it. Let the <laughs> let the people that are listening go and try and figure it out. See if it's real. I, I know I know it's real. So that mm, like your Google search history. <laughs> oh, we don't want to see Alex's hit search history. You're gone. Yeah, you guys have to the... Google stupid shit all the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, sir. You're the one who puts the stupid words into the Google machine. <laughs> the last one was Kirby Vore. Good uh, God, I did not ask you to do that. Getty, what was? <laughs> What I did ask you to do was let us try Sifu when we were over at your house the other day. Uh, and yeah, we played, and uh, uh, Antel reviewed Sifu. I reviewed Sifu. Uh, Antel, can you tell us about your thoughts on Sifu? Like, break it down a little bit of what the game is and then what you think of it. Okay, well, it's funny. I was uh, I was like, wow, this is, like, a great, like, homage to, like, kung fu movies. And, and then uh, there's, like, a The Gamer article that came out that talked it's about like how it's, like, cultural appropriation. I was like, oh, my God. And I was want to, like, go back and change my article. But I'm like, you know, I'm going to let this stand because, like, I kind of still agree that it is, like, a good homage to, um, you know, like, old kung fu movies and, like, or in modern ones, too. Because, I mean, like, they even, like, took the old bo- the old boy, like, hallway fight scene, like, almost, like, and they even, like, changed to a sideways perspective. I was like, okay, it's on, you know? Yep. But um, it's a hard game. <laughs> like, I played through, you know, like, Dark Souls, all of them, like, New Game Plus 7. I play some hard games, and wow. I I really had a hard time getting through Sifu, uh, mostly because um, the combo system, uh, you know, like, because if you're playing, like, a Souls-like game, you know, you press one button to attack, or, you know, there's two attack buttons, a dodge button, whatever. Um, in this game, you have to actually use combos, kind of like a fighting game. Um, and... Uh, yeah, that like doing that at the same time of like having like a souls like mentality just was a bit of a learning curve for me. Um, and also the fact that they call that game a brawler is like just completely false advertising. That is not a brawler. Yeah, it's it, it's the way the life system works. Where if you die, you lose a year off your life, and then if you die to that group again, it gets compounded. So now you lose oh, two God. years of your life. I have cetera, words about that. Yeah, and then on top of that, the fact that that carries over per stage, so you have to get a really good score of like a low, like a low, a young age of you know try to be around twenty one or something to on the first stage <laughs> just to be able to have a good run at the second stage, and you have to, it just keeps going and going. I remember the first time I beat the first stage, I had the boss counter. I was at I was a level I was age forty, but every time I died, it was like times six. So. Uh, but then I went to the, I'm like, oh, level two, great. And I'm like, age 40, I'm like, well, that's not so bad. And I died once and it was like, oh, now it's time seven. I was like, wait, that carries over two? 
<laughs> yeah, um, I like the mechanic that you had to defeat certain enemies, like the glowing ones, to reduce your death counter. That's pretty cool. Um, I just don't like the death counter mechanic at all. Like, I get it, and I know that was like their whole like one of the marquee features for the game, and it would be pretty like hard uh, design wise to gut it. But I really feel like they should have taken that out, and instead of like um, did like an endurance system, you know, kind of like a cool hand Luke type thing, where you just keep taking hits and you keep getting up, and instead of aging, it's like a um, it's like a like a meta structure. You know, it's not just your structure. It's more like a, um, uh, you know, this is how much endurance you have left for the level. Or so instead of like aging, maybe you like your arm is broken and then like he pop or he, like he pops it back into the socket, and then they're like, oh my god, this guy's not dead, you know. But instead of you being like eight years older suddenly, which is weird, you know, instead you took some physical damage and you can only take so much more before you're dead, dead. You know, I think that would have been cooler. Real missed opportunity, and I know what they're going for um, because I think my idea of what Sifu was going to be was that you were going to go, like, to the lair of the bad guy or whatever. I don't know, lair, like, hideout club, whatever. And, um, you know, you pick a few fights. But if you lose, you have to go all the way back to the beginning, and it's like you're coming back a year later ready to fight again, and then you have to go through it all again. If you lose, you age another year. That's what I thought it was going to be. I didn't think you would, like, age eight years because one dude hit you, you know, too many times, and then you wake up as a 60-year-old. That's so weird. The so how old can you get? Have you gold gone for an old run? I've it, been seventy nine on my death, but it's seventy. Yes, but I think I, no, I died at seventy eight. I think because I had like a max death because you know the death counter thing. It was like yeah. ten deaths or something. So I died way older than I should have been able to die. But um, it's seventy. Yeah. <laughs> the, the 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 you know I don't I don't like to 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 harp on a game before it's done or anything like that. But during the review process. They had ma- they made it easier. They took like the the w- you they used to like quarter your life after like when you each decade. So you had like hardly any life if you were in your like sixties, and it just was so brutal to get hit twice and just be done. Like it was like you're, you're I guess I mean I don't know. Maybe punching a sixty five year old twice may kill them. I don't know. I haven't done this. I'm just saying that's what it was like. I'm in a nightclub. I'm 62. Two dudes punch me and I'm dead. Okay. That seems to make sense. But isn't it weird, though, that the age mechanic has no effect on the rest of the game? Like, okay, like, it'd be cool if you come back, the henchmen were different, like, maybe the boss got older, so maybe there's, like, a meta reason to actually age up, maybe the boss has less HP, too, so, like, you know, maybe there's a certain boss that you want to get at a certain age or something, you know? And I like the shrines kind of, like, locked you out at different ages and stuff, but that could have just been done different. Like, the age thing doesn't really have any effect, really. That is true. It's it's a neat mechanic that doesn't like it feels like they had that idea, put it on a board, and then just kind of like based everything around it. And anytime someone's like, "Well, now it just doesn't seem like it makes sense," and they're like, "Nope, that's the whole point. The yep. Only thing we're going for. defenestrated instantly." Which it still was a very good, like well put together game, and the intricacy of the combat, the the level design being kind of souls like, where you're finding all these different shortcuts. Uh, and even just the design itself of those levels were it was like it was very pretty very well thought out very well rendered uh ran great on a ps5 uh, as far as i'm concerned uh getty joel what did you guys think about it when you guys uh got your chance with it joel (laughs) i uh so i i gravitated to the combat pretty quick actually um for context 
I have never found a good Souls game that I've been able to stick to. At most, I play Demon Souls for like a couple of the bosses. Uh, and I, I think I sort of understand why now, because Sifu's combat is very close quarters. Like, they are right on top of you. It's pressure. Like, the response time you need is very almost snappy, because the, the real crux of it is the sort of dodge system. So... Of course, you have your normal combat moves and combos, but really to set up the stage, you have to sort of bob and weave, and there are different directions that you press in order to choose a direction to dodge, and you have to time it right with the angle that the enemy's punching or hitting in. And so it requires a pretty swift response, whereas Dark Souls, there's sort of like a more of a wind-up in a lot of the, the moves, and then the battle really there is trying to sort of time it just right, but weirdly different. Like, it's it's the slower wind-up where they'll sort of start slow and do a, a fast pitch, you know, throw of their weapon halfway through, whereas things are not quite as telegraphed, and it, and it makes it a little more approachable for me, I guess, in that way. I, I can't speak to the length or difficulty too much. I, I did get walloped <laughs> a few times I did play after a while. But, man, the, the combat is very, very cool. And I was telling Al, it's like, he had me in the practice area, and I said something like, well, you know, you'd almost have to sit here in practice area and play for a while <laughs> just to be ready. And you're like, yes, you need. That's what you need to do to be successful in this. Yep. And then he handed me the remote, and I made it through the first boss by age thirty-one, which is pretty I good. I didn't get any practice time because Joel used it all. <laughs> you still got get, farther than me. <laughs> no, Getty is a natural savant. He just picks up whatever game and just like decimates everybody, and I never understood why. But that's, I did okay. That, I mean, obviously, you would need to do a better run, but that's still pretty good. I think I, I think my run at that time was twenty-eight. I still have to go back to that game, but um, yeah, it was it was kind of funny. Uh, definitely a lot of callbacks to kung fu movies. The first boss, when you approach him, you're fighting him in like a drug lab, and then uh, he has a second phase, and trees sprout up everywhere, and he busts out a knife and he's coming after you through the trees and zip zopping and bebopping and it's all kinds of crazy I enjoyed it I'll get it I'll play this game now um, I love games that like foreshadow bosses like uh, Dark Souls Dark Souls 3 does that and man Sifu did that so well in fact like the beginning montage where it does like the red revenge like view and you you're like in your head training montage killing all your people like in you know killing all the people you want to kill in the future but if you actually pay attention to those fights it's kind of like a tutorial you'll know how to beat those bosses it teaches you how to beat the bosses in the beginning and I thought that was the most clever thing that was so cool it like teaches you all the techniques and those are actually the techniques you need to use. But I love foreshadowing because, like, Dark Souls 1 did it, Dark Souls 3, like, in their intros. But um, Sifu, like, does one step further and actually does it as kind of like a montage thing. And I thought that was awesome. And um, the other part is that, like, so for, like, the club level, you're playing and you're going through the club and all of a sudden you, like, your character, like, it just gives you, like, a little bit of, like, a here, interact with this television. You look at the television and you see, like, the boss just chopping through people left and right and then it gives like an anime like like sh- like a zoom in close and you just kind of see the silhouette of the the boss and then you, your guy goes 
I'm coming for you. <laughs> oh man, that's pretty cool. And it was only like halfway through the level. That's pretty good. Good game. I think it'd be a, a lot more fun if it was more accessible, though. <clears throat> yeah, Winning is I, fun. You know, Absolver wasn't also <clears throat> I actually didn't play Absolver, and I always wanted to, and I kind of missed that one, but no, I've heard. Not accessible. All right, we're good on early adopters. Everybody's uh, happy. We can make a pit stop here. Everybody hop out of the car. All right, let's Are take to a break. Are we there yet? <laughs> I didn't see you there admiring my trophy count. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a nerd flex right there. Oh. You know D-Zack's going to listen to this and be Where's D-Zack? Oh, let me just test that, like, competition These trophies well. over here, D-Zack. Oh, yeah. How many platinums now, Getty? Uh, that's for the outro. I just wanted to zing him one more time. Oh, okay. All right, so we got some news this week. Uh, apparently there was one of those Nintendo Direct thingies. Uh, there's some angry nerd people. You know, normal normal stuff that we got here. One of these is just an article that somebody copied and pasted in, and I didn't click on it, so let's start with the one under it. Uh, fans uh, are insulted okay. by PlayStation Plus offering specifically Tiny Tina's... Uh, oh, shoot, I just played this one. Wonderland Dungeon? Or no, Wonderland no. is the new one. Bunkers and Badasses, I believe. The reason why people are mad, Getty, is because as soon as you boot up Tiny Tina's Bunkers and Badasses, it says, hey, pre-order Tiny Tina's uh, Wonderland. Now, I would be mad, except I own Borderlands everything, and that is a feature that they have built into it over the course of forever. They always throw it right in your face, and they're like, hey... It's it's Gearbox. They they're trying to get you to spend more money. It's their marketing campaign. That's why I brought it up to you because that's actually that's a very valid point. But yeah, people were very mad about that one just because they. I wanted. think it was Borderlands. Uh, okay, so Steve Steve will tell you because he's played all of them too. But one of the things is like right there on the home screen. If you had like the regular edition when you purchased it, and then they started to do the expansions, it would be like, hey, right now you can upgrade. You can get the extra content like. Or get those golden keys. You want to pay for some golden keys? I don't think you pay for them, but you have to be active on the on the Twitter. Yeah, that's something that I'm not active on. But he was like throw them to the masses. I followed Gearbox and I got my three golden keys today. Like, all right, it's good stuff. No, I Uh, I agree with the the game offerings haven't been that great. There's also the fiasco with Godfall and. Oh, yeah. uh, also Gearbox. Yeah, a couple of other things in recent memory, like them offering different games to different regions because they're trying to target markets, and, you know, it's not Game Pass. I think that's the main point here. <laughs> not yet. Uh, we'll we can only hope that they, the PlayStation decides to do something uh, clever like that. Well, there's uh, rumors of those uh, tiered uh, PlayStation Plus thing that they're working on. That's why I said not yet. 
Oh, okay. Because <laughs> maybe they will. All right, I finally clicked on the other article, and what we're looking at is Platinum's new... That, that's Platinum Games? Yep. The CEO wants to create larger, riskier games and hints at live service focus. That I mean, <sighs> that's Platinum trying to, to pivot into something else. They haven't done a lot. They're like They've been very... You know a Platinum game once you play a Platinum yeah. game. Right, I mean, you've you've played uh, Metal Gear Ri- Revengeance. You've played yes. Bayonetta. You've played yep. a lot. Of, what else did they make? They made a bunch of games. I Let's don't think it. I've ever played a Platinum game. Uh, you probably I, have. I think, I think they've think... done some licensing games too. Yeah, I, I'm I looking. Thought they did like a Transformer or something. Like yeah, that. I'm concerned that I know exactly which game I'm thinking of too. Uh, Alec, you've played uh, Near Automata. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that is Platinum. I forgot that was Platinum. Transformers, Devastation, Legend of Korra. Um, The only weird one is Star Fox Zero. Was that kind (laughs) of like those games? No. Although I I think that was probably more a fact that Platinum Games was one of the few developers supporting Nintendo during Wii U. So they probably just got leveraged that way. Along with Joel. Nobody else. No, I am an island. <laughs> an island out in the sea. So I just think that Platinum needs to. Platinum is probably trying to expand a little bit, just because they've been. Uh, they have a very similar formula. Alec, you've played their. You've played Bayonetta with the hack and slash. Nope. Or you've played uh, Near Automata with the hack and slash. You can kind of imagine it in Transformers form, uh, in Bayonetta form, in uh, Metal Gear form. It's Live a- service games, though. Because we need more of those. Yeah, I maybe it's a growth strategy. Maybe they're going to just splinter off part of them to do that. But I, what they're very good at is very core singular experiences. So that feels like a complete departure from what I see as them. Their Imagine that they'd have to the well, focus that I, you I need actually... to give a live service game so <clears throat> that it can succeed. Joel, let's play some Genshin Impact and then let's talk about it. No. <laughs> no, he's going to try and and then he's going to make you play Warframe and then we're going to be here until 2 o'clock in the morning. Exactly. <clears throat> Absolutely so, not. So not I feel like that. there is a live service game for them with games like Genshin Impact and Warframe. Well, now, it's just like you can't help but think that like Platinum Games is just seeing all this money that all these people are making with live service games. Because I feel like that's the same thing with like the NFT thing. But of course, live service games isn't just like a flash in the pan Um you know, like fad thing, Pyramid but um, scheme? I'm sorry. Pyramid scheme? They're not. A <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, they're a little bit more insidious, honestly. But at the same time, like, um, I think it's funny, and I like, I understand the criticism of live service games, and you know, I'm not a big fan of nickel and dime microtransactions, et cetera, et cetera. But at the same time, I mean, they're, I mean, they're a major part of video games. I love video games, and I actually love those video games too sometimes you know there's a few of those that are pretty good even though i don't find myself spending a lot of time playing live service games but i I find it funny how everybody is just so against something that um pretty much is growing like um you know i guess what i'm saying is um they're not uh you're not going to necessarily lose games you want to play even if platinum completely pivots away from the experiences that they used to make you know because i think there's always going to be something that fills that vacuum um and live service doesn't necessarily take anything away from anybody 
Plus, um, I think that everyone is kind of anti-life service until they find their life service. Yeah, thank you. I think that's the point I was actually ultimately trying to make, too. Yeah, I mean, like, everyone's got their Destiny 2s. Yes, yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Because, I mean, like, I even did that. Like, okay, that's my life service game. I played the heck out of Destiny 2 when, um, well, years ago, but... Yeah, I'm not allowed to play it anymore. <laughs> he gets too mad. He throws. No, it's because I have, to, I have to bring content. I have to bring the energy. <laughs> Speaking of bringing the energy, who wants to hit me with every single game that was brought up at the Nintendo Direct yesterday? I'm not doing that, but I will tell you my favorites. I punch the air. All right, but do it with dramatic flair. Noah 1 and 2. Those were good PS1 games. Front Mission 1 and 2. Those were okay PS1 games. <laughs> what do you mean okay? Uh, I never got into that series. Well, Chrono then. Cross was an average PS1 game. <laughs> I already no. bought it. Or no, pre-ordered it, I guess. That's... You know, it's fair to pre-order if you like have a pretty safe bet in something, and I feel like that's a pretty safe bet. I don't know. I think that's everybody's problem. Is like there is no safe bet in pre-ordering, but at the same time, like I don't understand. That's another thing. Is like okay, pre-order it because most pre-orders you can cancel anyways, and if the reviews end up coming in bad, and most embargoes lift before the game actually releases, you could just cancel your pre-order. But I mean, at the same time, like I can understand what's the point, but I mean, like I early, like, it, like it's it's hard if it's like a remake. It's hard to find like. There's not as many remakes where they made it worse. Warcraft 3. Okay, you know, I'm not, I didn't say there weren't any. I said there yes. was a ton. Diablo 2, I understand. Blizzard sucks, but you know... Oh yeah, GTA uh, Trilogy, damn, yeah. But those Final Fantasy 8, Final Fantasy 9, Final Fantasy 7, uh, there's a lot of those that have been pretty good. Uh, I did Saga Final Frontier, Fantasy that was okay. Pixel Remasters. Yep, Final Fantasy Pixel Remasters. Yeah, see, I feel like there's there's still a, quite a bit of good ones that are like, okay, that's pretty good. Especially considering that Getty's a huge fan of that game. I can imagine. It's probably a safe bet they're not going to make it worse. Uh, Portal 1 and 2, those were excellent games. Uh, excellent games out of left field. Like, what what a... What a strange poll to be happening right now. I thought a lot of these were real. Like, again, I'm still, like, I'm going through, uh, I went through, um, I had a, th- a whole thing where I was, in a, like, I have a bunch of party games, and I was trying to, like, buy all my party games that I have on PC so I could bring my Switch places and have parties. Uh, COVID made that not happen, but still, my party game collection is pretty much complete. I'm missing Needhog 1, whatever. But... Now it's like, I'm going to go through all of my PS1 backlog. What am I missing from my stored history of love affair of the PS1? Uh, We need a Legend of Dragoon remake. Uh, Maybe some Xenogears. Oh, Xenogears would be fantastic. Um, Wild Arms collection, one through three. And then I am done. I'm happy. Wait, no, we need Lunar. Wait, there's one more that he forgot about. Who's that? Come on, you can do it, Alex. You named a bunch of other RPGs. Oh, what's that one where you're going up the tower? Don't make me Google it. PS1 no, game where you're going we up the tower up and your progress fire, resets. So you, you didn't Azure say Breath of Fire. Dreams. Oh, no, Breath of Fire 1 and 2 are already on the, SN- the SNES collection. Oh, they are? Okay. Yeah, I, we need 3 and 4, yes, but, you okay. know. Azure Dreams, is that what you're talking about? Yes, Azure Dreams would be great. Ark the Lad might be okay. Ark the Lad is fantastic. I yeah, mean, that'd be a good collection. But, you know, for the most or, part, they're knocking out my list. You know this what's coming out? You know what's coming out? What? Steam Deck 
And you know what's on Steam? RetroArch. <laughs> Games. Oh. <laughs> Games. <laughs> I, I actually think RPG fans have been fed pretty well throughout the life of the Switch. I mean, you're, there's we two Z-Blade Saga games now uh, on there for a series that was, for all intents and purposes, not meant to come over to the West when it first came out. No, it's supposed to be the third one, right? Right, it's the third one. The, the first one on Switch didn't come out until a fan campaign went online oh. to get them to port it to the West. Oh, uh, right. Yeah, it was called Project Rainfall or something like that. <laughs> uh, but, like, all, a lot of these RPGs, there is one called, was it Live Alive, or what is the name of that one? Yeah, Live Alive. It's like an RPG that was pretty well lauded that only released in Japan. It seemed kind of like uh, Autopath Traveler in the way that you're having several different characters, different stories, and then converging in some way. I think I wish I had more time to play RPGs. That That's what it comes down to, is it's like a lot of the stuff looks really cool. You know what you should play, Joel? I'm sure you'll tell me. <laughs> SMT5. I finished that one. Uh, I was also going to say, it's not in this direct, but like Legend of Mana came out. Grandia Collection came yeah. out. Uh, Joel, what else, did, what else did you look at this direct and say, man, that's pretty awesome. Uh, so Switch Sports. Mm-hmm. So I, I have felt an itch to return to motion control gaming for a little while now actually part of it's because I've watched my kids play my old Wii Sports and Wii Sports Resort stuff Uh, part is since we've gotten the Oculus tinkering around a little bit that I realized that what I missed about a little bit too is just having like that unique experience in games and it was unique at the time so I, I am happy to see that they decided to release something on Switch coming up that just has that same package and something you can share. Volleyball actually looks pretty good. Like, I was surprised at how decent that was. Uh, and, you know, now I can have a version of volleyball that I can play around my family. <laughs> so. And, uh, Antold, what did you what did you think about uh, the, the Direct? Um, well, I only caught it in snippets because um, I wasn't able to watch it uh, when I was out, unfortunately. But um, uh, excited about Kirby. Um, notice the wallpaper there. <laughs> Very excited for that. And uh, Switch Sports. But honestly, it was just not uh, really anything I was hoping for. Maybe for some uh, Prime 4 news or... Um, oh, my uh, God. Yes. Prime Trilogy and Prime 4 would have just made my year. Yeah, I was really now, expecting it this year, and I was hoping the Direct would have it, but when they didn't have it, I just kind of, you know, like, forgot most everything else, except for Switch Sports. Like I said, that seems pretty cool. Now, are you guys in a dip into Dread mode? <clears throat> Dread three times already? Yeah, I've only beaten it once, but I hate, uh, well, I don't hate, but I'm not really a big fan of, like, uh, super punishing uh, modes. Um, I'm not, like, a platinum trophy, do-everything sort of person, even though I do like difficult games. I might go back and try it someday. That feels like something I would do in, like, on a challenge run for, like, Twitch, but that's pretty much the only way I'd play it. Hmm. Okay. And let's see, uh, Getty, you take us on home. What, what else are you looking forward to? Games. Mostly, like Earth. And we already covered it. I'm front mission, and I already pre-ordered Chrono Cross. So that's Ooh, fine. Advanced, Advanced Wars one and two. That was a nice one too. They, oh yeah, it looks good. the The quality of life improvements that they made to it, uh, definitely tempting. But 
the price point is just a little bit too high for me out the gate. And I know that it's probably not going to get any better, but I think that I'll be fine with the other options that have fallen across my plate. We're good then? Yeah. We're, we're directed. We're Nintendo directed. Oh, yeah. That's going to take us over to our freebies. This week we got two freebies. You can go pick up a copy of Windbound over at the Epic Game Store. It's there for a little bit. And you can also pick up Eternal Ruin over on Steam. Eternal Ruin. Don't know what that is. Uh, Windbound is like a th- uh, 3D like action adventure game. And Eternal Ruin is a early access uh, anime MOBA. MOBA Battle Royale. So like top-down anime uh, trying to defeat the ancient uh, while also being the last one to survive. Sounds intense. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, let me just brag a little bit about this Skyrim Platinum that I have just sitting on my shelf. That's where it's at. And I'm going to tell everybody in detail about how I did it. So we're going to need another break. Real quick. with the wait why are you deleting the backlog blog we're this is some kind of cruel joke we're never gonna get to talk about Goragoa or anything else so what what do we got alex what do you need our backlog for we got our guest spot where we we have invited our guest okay well i will let you take it away as you're a much more social person than i am (laughs) uh well uh i have brought uh Antel onto the show. Uh, I do. Uh, I, I do write for uh, a couple of outlets, and one of them being Third Coast Review. Antel has been. Are you my boss? Are you my handler? Are... I'm nobody's boss, man. <laughs> I've got to call you as like my handler. I'm the you're my go-between. Um, you're the guy. Yeah, I'm your contact. The... How about that? <laughs> and uh, funny enough. We have kind of amassed, uh, we over at Super GG Radio have kind of amassed a little bit of a podcast super friends of all, of a couple, like, I would say five different podcasts that we're just friends with and go back and forth and guest and hang out and whatever. And uh, you guested on one of our friend, uh, our friend shows, Nintendo Main, and I was like, hey, I know you, and uh, you do podcasts? <laughs> Yeah, making the circuit. Um, I was invited. I don't know what it is with the beginning of the year, but I usually get invited on a few podcasts. And I was just like, yeah, I'll do Nintendo, man. And then you invited me. So, hey, cool. You know, it's just making the circuit every year. All right. So you are part of the it's it's games and uh, games and entertainment uh, games and tech games. For, and tech. Uh, yeah. Third Coast Review. We're just really starting out on the tech stuff. Um, like I was telling you, um, no Steam Deck. Darn it. <laughs> Definitely try to get one. <laughs> but, um, 
yeah um oh my god my wife just scared the hell out of me okay uh she was like looking through the window all creepy i was like what was that okay totally lost my train of thought um yes games attack mostly games we do uh tabletop games um uh, video games obviously uh board games and uh we do some technology i actually have a uh a, a audiobook player for kids that doesn't need to connect to the internet that i'm going to review so that's going to be my first one of my first hardware reviews in a while because i haven't reviewed any hardware in a long time i definitely need to hear about that yeah i can't even remember what it's called right now it's just sitting in a bag but it's one of many i hope um tech uh i guess reviews we're going to start doing um but it's mostly video games and it's mostly me i've had a few people helping over the years like uh james broad um alex obviously um dan santa marita and um uh Andrew Struska, even though Andrew doesn't really write for us anymore, Dan writes for The Athletic, so, you know, he's got that. And James now has another, like, you know, big boy job. So it's been just kind of me and Alex lately. And my wife, uh, Marielle, uh, writes occasionally for uh, Games and Tech also. But, um, right. yeah, I mean, that's it. That's my section. Um, Third Coast on a whole, though, uh, we do arts and entertainment, Chicago-focused, um, with obviously, like, we, you know, review everything, but um, it's supposed to be, like, with a, you know, I guess a Chicago perspective. Um, cool website, definitely check it out. Pizza. Yeah. Uh, thirdcoastreview.com. Very, uh, lots of good writers, lots of good content there. And uh, we have an eight-point review scale. I made a comment on before. I was like, oh, it's the Chicago flag in stars. Yeah, I actually kind of think of it as five-star reviews because we do have zero. So I think of it like uh, like one through five, like a one would be a zero. But, man, it is a confusing system. But I really like the aesthetic of having the uh, Chicago stars. But four stars, I really wish they would have had five in the flag. It would have made our lives so much easier. <laughs> I know. Have a nice, easy rating system. Yeah. Now, um, as as the editor, uh, how do you feel as far as like you're kind of going through picking and choosing, uh, you know, which games to kind of cover, which games are just a little bit like, uh, I don't know, this is going to sit back. How do you feel about games uh, 2021, 2022? How do you feel like that's going to look moving forward? Do you feel like that things are looking good uh, since the pandemic or do you think that like things are starting to slow down? Honestly, um, doing this before the pandemic, during, and now, whatever, it doesn't seem any different uh, video game-wise. Um, in fact, uh, Games and Tech was one, one of the only sections, like games and screens at the time. I think it's movies. The section's called Movies or Film Now. But either way, um, uh, we were the only two sections that pretty much carried Third Coast because, you know, there is no... We do a lot of events and stuff, and uh, there's no events going on there. So I feel like um, coming into the future, it's just going to be, you know, like kind of treading water. It's all the same stuff. Um Third Coast is growing, though, so, I mean, we're not a games publication, uh, so, I mean, like, I do miss out on some opportunities to review some things because, you know, they want to, uh, you know, have, you know, game-centric publications do that sort of thing, but, um, you know, like, I've, I think we're making a name for ourselves, and people are definitely reading us, so it's kind of exciting for uh, Third Coast, at least, to keep growing. How does, uh, how does you and third coast decide what to review because i one thing that we've noticed is that like there's a ton of games coming out every week like especially yeah. in the indie space so uh, how do you guys sort of parse through those to pick out what you want to cover well um i get about um five keys a day hmm. um during the busy season because sometimes like between um like 
holidays to mid-January. It's totally dead. Maybe like a two keys a week, but like I get five keys a day. Um, and a lot of that is just triage. And my problem is I don't decide what I want to do because I want to do it all. You know, Mr. Incredible, uh, before his wedding, he's like, I got time. That's me. I don't have time. <laughs> I don't have time for everything I want to do. I wish I could have, um, like, freeze time, play through a game, turn time back on, write the article. Um, yeah. But uh, my focus is on smaller titles. I like, uh, we do AAA stuff um, because, you know, that brings in way more views. But I look at that as sort of like, okay, that's the clout we need to actually, um, you know, like, but a highlight on smaller projects. And that's what I want to do. I mean, we're kind of a smaller project ourselves, so we kind of... Um, you know, uh, it's like, we're not a spotlight, it's just kind of like a flashlight, but, you know, like, we try to highlight, um, you know, uh, indie games, smaller devs, um, smaller stuff, because we did that, um, my wife actually did that, the, um, like, the, how we connected with you guys, we were looking for, um, you know, smaller Chicago streamers, and, um, you know, that's how I got Alex, who's an amazing writer, so, I mean, like, that worked out, it's always good to, like, um, thank you, yeah, <laughs> yeah, look for the small, small people, like, not, you're not small talent-wise, obviously, but, like, Man, it's just hard to get yourself out there because everybody wants to write about games, and um, there's just so much of it. Yeah, that's kind of why we have the focus that we have at this podcast is just because we were trying to find, like, what are the games that people aren't covering? What are the games that, that could use a shout-out? And it's like, oh, those people that made, like, it's like two people in a garage, like, on a, after work, they're just kind of messing around and kind of put something together. Game jams, you know, beta builds, things that are still, like, currently in early access that kind of stuff is is where we kind of like to watch how those games develop and we do from time to time do follow-ups and even just like 1.0 releases and reviews just because we're like well we started this off talking about it now let's follow it through its full 1.0 conception and then you know what's going on afterwards yeah i uh i really like the format i like the concept um my problem with that is I can't really be too niche uh, because I would love to be able to just like because I, I think my original I wanted to start like a backlog just play games that like you know I have like thousands of games on Steam and I don't think I've only played like 40% of them and um, you know maybe play some of those games and write about them but I don't know obviously I play games that aren't even released before like, so it's like I'm adding a future backlog before I even have a chance but um, the problem is I'm kind of um, not competing but um, I'm in a arena with um, our film reviewer Steve Pro could be he um he's been writing film reviews for years um he was known as capone for a while he was actually pretty um well known uh and he you know obviously he like he interviews like you know a-list celebrities and you know like um so and uh, i think our managing editor now she has like a film like she does her own like she has a film studio or something and like you know i I feel like 3CR is pretty uh, heavy hitting overall, and um, I have to keep up with current content, and I can't just go after my, um, you know, the stuff I necessarily want to write about all the time, too. So I feel like this format gives you a lot more, um, like, freedom to pick and choose, whereas um, I have, like, a general mission statement, whereas I want to, like, highlight smaller indie stuff, but, like, you know, of course, keep my section running, get the good views, and, um, yeah, I mean, like, I'm kind of constrained in that way. I mean, we're kind of, we're part of, we're affiliated with NPR of Illinois. And uh, at what? this point right now, we, <laughs> we see a lot of those guys kind of like, like they, they have one of the, like they just recently kind of blew up because they got the number one Ted Lasso podcast where they kind of started uh, a Ted Lasso podcast right as like the craze hit for that show. And it's kind of funny now they're like talking to the, like the directors and the writers of that show and all that stuff and getting like, 
the, the actors to start retweeting their their stuff, and I'm just like, we're gonna keep doing our, we're gonna keep, we're gonna play this game that no one's ever heard of, and it's gonna be fine. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, um, but the thing is, like, it's gonna be like, who knows? Maybe you guys might explode one day, and you know, not even realize it. But um, well, I mean, obviously, you'd realize it, but I mean, like, not even realize why. I guess you know, like, it's just gonna just happen. But I guess you know, like, it's just a grind. It's like what I was telling you, Alex, about the the tech stuff. It's just a grind. You got to grind it out so you can get to the next tier. It feels like um, my experience as a video game writer has almost been like playing a video game itself. Because I'm like, oh, I got you know a key for Dying Light Two. Level up. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got. <clears throat> I think Sifu was one for us. I think that I we had we did so far this year. We've gotten three PS5 keys, and I'm just like, woo, that's a it's a big boy. Even if they're not that big a name, I'm still pretty like. Woo. I know. I was I was so excited when I got um, console keys too uh, when I first started getting them. But um, uh, I obviously I try to get everything on PC because it's just so much easier to go through it too. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean like. I don't know uh, what your experience was when the PS5 first came out, though, but, like, nobody had them, even the journalists, and it was funny because it was so easy to get uh, Series X, S, and um, PS5 keys because nobody had them, so, like, they're just like, oh, yeah, you have a PS5, you have a PS5? Yeah, take this key. I'm like, what? Okay. <laughs> okay. But, um, yeah, and, like I said, like, we are small, and we're not game-centric, so, I mean, the struggle is real for um, some of these projects. But we do have, you know, good relationship with, um, you know, most PR out there, even if we don't always get everything we want. But it's not about... Um, I, a lot of people, I feel like, go into this for, you know, like, the motivation of getting free games. And a lot of, um, you know, people who write uh, for us... Um, in the past have you know kind of done that and there's nothing wrong with that i mean like that's totally an incentive to um write about video games because like i don't i don't you know like i don't want to judge anybody for their motivations but at the same time like it's work you know this it's work to play these games and actually write about them and it's um i think once people like get to that barrier um you know they don't want to create that content anymore because it it turns out that you know they don't just get to play games you have to actually like think about them and you you have to play games you don't want to play and that's a lot of things that uh, i don't think a lot of people don't realize is they just want to play um they want to be a games reviewer so they can play call of duty every year or i mean like what you gotta you can't just review one game or one series you actually have to have like a you have to have a breadth of knowledge you have to have like an idea of the history of where things are coming from you have to have an idea of genres and like especially being like a um like an editor or like uh like Oh God, somebody who's trying to like give guidance on this stuff. I feel like my role is even more like I'm listening to like game history books and I'm um, like playing genres I would never play before. And um, I always have this like kind of a feeling of shame when I don't know something. But I mean, like we all have blind spots. And it's funny because um, I've been uh, the more I do these podcasts, it's cool because I get to talk to people and um, kind of see how my experiences uh, measure up versus theirs. And it's a little bit, um, I guess, um, motivating in a way because, um, you know, like we're all, we all have the same struggle. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, it's funny when it comes to writing, like it's really easy to write about stuff you love and stuff you hate. But <laughs> there's so much within that, like squishy middle ground. That's oh my just God. like, this is okay. Oh God, you're <laughs> so right. That is so right, yeah. Um, but the problem is there's also a, uh, a big pressure about writing things you really like. Because I remember um, I was writing my Splatoon 2 review, and um, I felt like I had to be, like, I don't know, reverential to the material. And I t- had a really hard time getting that one out. Um, 
and I think the problem is um, you just gotta like not think of it that way and just kind of knock things out. I feel like um, best way to write is just give yourself a hard deadline and just stick to it. <laughs> like I have twenty minutes, or like I have an hour to write this article. No matter what, that article is going to be done, and then just spend twenty minutes after that, just like tweaking it a little bit or something. But Alex, you didn't hear that. We don't have hard <laughs> deadlines. I'm already <laughs> judging you guys. I know getting this is hard because he what actually you hits need the to deadlines. do. You take the review, you do it, <laughs> and you tell us it's done. And then you Man, mark it off the, on the card. It. <laughs> it's on the Trello board. Once it's done, you move the card over. By the way, if you guys want to be mad about that, I got that from Uncle. Oh my god, yeah, okay, that's hilarious. Yeah, Trello's so great, isn't it? Like, I tell everybody about Trello. It's so great. It's fine. Because it's, a very, it's a very good tool. We're just not good at using it. <laughs> well, I love the fact that you can even, like, post pictures, like, if you want it to be visual, because I have, like, a retro game wish list, so it's all just, like, game cover art and stuff, too. That's so cool. I love Trello. Somebody yeah. gives himself deadlines, and then the card turns red, and I'm the one who's having a panic attack, not him. <laughs> You need to you unlearn should, that. You should see my Trello board. I think I have, like, a, I don't want to admit, but it's a pretty deep list of games that I never ended up doing. And first of all, I feel horrible yeah. for, but honestly, it's just it's just staffing. If anybody wants to write for Third Coast Review, you know, you can get me at Antal. That's A-N-T-A-L at Third Coast Review. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, if you really want to, you can do it, but I'm always willing to take applicants, but what you wish for <laughs> hey you know what i need diversity because um when i first started writing i had so many different types of writers and now i feel like that everybody's writing is like like my demographic you know like around my age or a few years younger like i even need just some like younger writers because um i don't even have anybody in their 20s anymore well no that's not true but yeah it's like we're all just old fogies writing about new games i need i need fresh blood mm-hmm by the way, Getty, your embargo for your game was today. I know. That's why I was gonna say you can you can say Edge of Eternity out loud. It's fine. No. Yeah. Okay. Okay. There we go. I was like, can we talk about it? I had to look it up. I was like, oh yeah, we can talk. Uh. So okay. So you you, you how does that you have quite a backlog of games because again we don't have enough uh, of the talent of course. Now how does it how is it reviewing? I've always had this question. How is it reviewing tabletop RPG games because it it's it's just the rule set, right? Yeah, um, I used to have a thing where I wanted to review it uh, after playing it, but my group is, like, scattered to the winds now. One of my players just moved to Germany, so, I mean, like, yeah, it's whatever. So, like, I think I have enough experience now, because when I first started playing tabletop games, because I only started playing them, like, three years ago, two years ago, um, and I felt like I was completely lost. I didn't have any, like, authority to write about them, really. So it's just kind of, like, feeling my way around and being like, I'm just going to talk about what my experience is with it. But um, after that... Uh, you know, it seemed to, uh, I don't know, uh, I guess, um, you know, even just playing a couple systems, you can kind of, like, start to see the pattern uh, between, like, the different games, and, um, you know, it's just like video games, except it's more theoretical, I guess. You have to, like, just kind of play it out in your head and just kind of think about how these systems would work versus the ones that you've already used. Um, luckily, a lot of tabletop games are just, like... Um, uh, reskins of games. Um, they do that a lot more in tabletop than they do in video games, where they'll just basically have the same rule set, but just like a different theme over it. Maybe like one or two things will be a little bit different, but um, everybody, it sounds like somebody played tabletop. There's a reference that was made earlier, but I don't know how much you guys play tabletop. We play Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, We're playing monthly. this Saturday. Monthly. Alex, don't forget. Yep, I got it. 
I have actually never played Dungeons and Dragons. I've played probably about twelve rule systems, never Dungeons and Dragons. It's always a blast. I, I really love Paranoia. I wish we'd play some of that. It's a good one. But if anybody wants to write uh, tabletop stuff for Third Coast, that is welcome too because that is just me. I've never had anybody else write any tabletop stuff. So um, I am reaching out to a friend of mine right now. Are, are you <laughs> going to uh, back the Deep Rock Galactic board game? Um, yeah, it looks cool. I don't know if I'm going to back it, but I'll probably play it. Um, you know, once it's released. I backed uh, it. Yeah, I'm a huge Deep Rock nerd, but. Um, I don't know. I've I know board game like um, you know crowdfunding stuff is like more safe, but I've been burnt on those too. So I really just kind of stopped doing that. Uh, speaking of, uh, sometimes you just gotta you gotta play games in, that you may not want to play. I remember the first review you ever gave me was Tank Mechanic Simulator two thousand two thousand. Oh my god! And I don't want to be. I don't want to be a jerk, but like if anything has like something mechanic simulator in the title or something simulator, it's usually going to be a bad time. <laughs> well, no, I, I remember thinking like it is very thorough, <laughs> and I'm sure there's an audience for this somewhere. So yes, thank you. That is such a good bad. attitude to review games because I hate the fact that like people don't like the game themselves, but they'll give it a bad review, and it's just like okay, you have to have some objectivity here. You know, um, you can't like you can't. Well, I guess like let's say uh, film wise, if you don't like Marvel movies and you like art house films, you can't have you know your art house reviewer um, review you know Marvel movies. But at the same time, if that's your only person, you have to have somebody who's diverse enough to be able to realize what is good in this film and what is bad. And that you know obviously works for games too. Um, you have to be able to watch, or you have to be able to play games uh, with an objective eye, and be like, you know, there is an audience for this. There is, there are people who like that. Um, and Lord knows, I've made, I've said some things and made my mistakes. I've even had somebody come on my Twitch channel and kind of harass me because of a review I've had. <laughs> um, but he was very nice. You know, I was nice to him. He ended up being nice back, and you know, so that worked out amicably. Um, and I do. I have a crazier story than that, Alex. I'll tell you after this. Cause I don't. Wanna, I don't want to talk okay. about it, but like you should remind me to tell you that because um, it is kind of ongoing. But anyways, um, yeah, uh, I really appreciate that. Like um, the objectivity in reviews, though, because a lot of people think reviews are just your opinion, but they're not. There's a like there's an academic um, component to it. You know, there's an objectivity that you can have, and obviously something that's an opinion and um biased is a little bit harder to be objective and you know um it's not going to be like like i said there's going to be bias but um uh there is like a like a school of thought around criticism and i feel like video game or like for like stages and movies and you know stuff like that and i feel like video games have the same like you can apply the same type of objective school of thought like um you know academic reasoning to video game reviews even if it's a game you absolutely don't want to play and hate um, because, uh, like, like I said, I don't really like live service games, but I bet I could play like um, Genshin Impact and write like an honest review about it, even if it's not something that I want to play. Yeah, and it, and it, there's an exercise there, but also there is like a, <clears throat> there's a mindset that like, you, you know, put yourself in someone else's shoes. What would they think? You know, like who who is this game for, and does it does it does it feel like that would be something that they would actually want? You know, like there's like there's a there's an honest question to ask for some games that you just ask, who is this for? You know what I mean? And, and that's a, that's a fine question to ask. But like, if you could say this is for this specific person, what would they think? You know, you could you can come up objectively with something, some some thoughts there. Uh, but it's like Joel said, like that one was like a little bit trickier. But I, I think that like there for me, it's like uh, those games where I'm just like, I don't know, 
It was alright, I guess. Those those are like, how can I put together at minimum like six paragraphs on this? It's like, well, okay. Let's put some bullet points down and try to figure out where to go from here, because... Like, Sifu, for one, I think I was like, I don't know how to get this out lower than ten paragraphs. I just have a lot of complicated things to think about with this one, and I don't know how to get get this one shorter than what it is right now, so... Uh, I could talk about, like, video game writing theory forever, because, I mean, like, is there a point where you want to, like, break down on the mechanics? Because are you writing a video game guide? You know, like, you want to give people yeah. an idea of what type of game it is, but, like, and at the same time, you don't want to be too comparative either, because you don't want to be like, oh, it's like Diablo, because, like, maybe they don't have that point of reference, you know? Um, yep. So, yeah, it's just, it's this interesting um, tightrope, but, um... Yeah, I feel like um, some games I absolutely have to be like 1,500 words deep, and then other games I feel like I could just, even if they're complicated, I could just get my idea out in 550 and just, you know, push it out the door and say good enough. Uh, uh, Joel has been complaining about uh, different uh, games media. You Because there was a joke around here that I would say everything's like a Zelda-like because Zelda has <laughs> changed genres so often that I feel like everything can be kind of compared oh my to God. a Zelda. But... Uh, then he started listening to like other game games media. He he, he, does, he only does a check in like once a year on games media. He's like, I'm gonna check in on all of the media stuff, and then he just goes, everybody said Zelda like, and I just got pissed. And then you wrote a review, Joel. I read your review, and then you you literally the first paragraph goes, everybody turns everything into some some sort of like. Yeah, that's me with Souls like. I mean, like it's like that meme with the butterfly. You know, like see a checkpoint system. I'm like, is this a Souls like? But I mean, like. Yeah, no, I see that. And um, it's hard to get away from that, though, you know, because it's that's how we talk to each other about video games. Like, that's how you talk to your friends about video games. And, um, you know, you want to relay that uh, to your audience that way, too. But you also have to because, like, again, 3CR, we're not a um, we're not a game publication. So you ha we have to write in a way that we're kind of writing to people who aren't necessarily playing video games because maybe they're on the front page and they're like, oh, cool. Stages review, you know, like they'll be like, oh, what's this interesting cartoon thing they click on? And maybe they'll actually read your entire review if it's something that, um, you know, is, um, you know, compelling. But then again, you know, like it's per click anyways. But you'd like to think people are actually reading everything you have to write. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I want to say thank you uh, for hanging out with us today. Yeah, it's uh, it's been fun. It's OK. Even if it wasn't fun, you can you can pretend that's what I usually do. <laughs> week in and week out, same thing. Different really right. games. I'm I'm the real slave driver here, right? Give us the give us the work, Getty. Yep, that's what I was getting to. So, uh, video game punishment 2022 edition. Why does everyone keep saying it's punishment? It's supposed to be because it's usually punishment. It's code name, president. <laughs> Uh, Antel, every uh, as, as many times as we can, we one of us will give out homework as a game that we feel like is important that the team should experience. Uh, I want you to I want you to weigh in to tell us how important you think that this game might be. Getty, what's our video game? Homework oh, this for the game next is not important, but I know that the crew here doesn't have as much experience with sandbox games, and this one's just kooky enough, and that's why I'm assigning Saints Row Four at least the first five missions for you to experience. I know the intro. They are, it's magical. So, I know that you guys might ask, like, do I need to know the backstory for Saints Row to understand this? 
there are some things that you need to know so we can have a discussion off air uh, if you're already familiar with them like Fantastic. The series goes from the very serious initial offering of Saints Row and then progressively gets more and more out of control until this game was birthed into existence and it's completely well I'll let you form your own opinions but I'll say batshit crazy. And, and to the uh, point that they had to reboot the series after this. <laughs> but it's, yeah, and the new Saints Row is coming out soon-ish, maybe. So uh, maybe something to to get you excited about it. Ne- definitely something that I don't think anybody has experienced before. I know that Alex just reads everything and it's ruined for him already. But uh, this so game I, is is fun. So I shouldn't play this in front of the Jets. Absolutely not. <laughs> No. <laughs> Man, God. I'm kind of upset. I called you out on this like two weeks ago when it was on sale for like $5. And they are always giving it away for dirt cheap on different uh, platforms. Yeah, what are you trying to play it on, Alec? Where I play most of my stuff on the PC. Okay, well, let's take a look here. I'm just going uh, Epic's Game Store gave it to me for free a while ago. Yeah, Alec wouldn't do that because he hates it. into Windows. It's Alec. It's it's fifteen dollars. I'm unemployed, man. I'll give you the fifteen dollars. <laughs> Ask Joel for a check because he owes me for the concert ticket for Final Fantasy. I owe you too, uh, Antel. What do you think of this homework? I loved Saints Row Four. I'm actually a little bit disappointed that they are rebooting the series because I just wanted to see what craziness they could take it to the next level. But um, I love, yeah, I, I just I adore that game. I tried to play co-op with people, and nobody wanted to play it too, so that's a bummer. But yeah, you could play co-op even. Do you, do you feel like this is uh this is something that uh, like a lot of people should like put their hands on and try? Oh yeah, yeah. This is uh um I wouldn't say it's really like um underrated. I think it's rated probably about where it should be, but it's kind of like a a little bit of a hidden gem at this point because it hasn't really like kept its popularity. But yeah, I think you should check it out. Okay, so you're you're pro this homework. Okay, there we go just the first five missions you don't have to go crazy as it is a sandbox game there's going to be stuff on the map that you find and you might want to do it that's fine i encourage it there's going to be wacky things that happen and some of the side missions i'll tell you right now depending on how far you go in one of the side missions on the like ultimate edition is called enter the dominatrix (laughs) yep 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 and uh yeah all right so Play as you see fit. Objective, first five chapters. Sweet. Uh, Getty, do you want to give us a time frame? What, two weeks? Week? You, uh, you can have a month. A month? So okay. we'll report back in March-ish. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, I know that Shin Megami Tensei Five is uh, eating a, just a hole through Joel, so... I might have taken a bit of a break. Even him ulcers. <laughs> I know. I imagine that you're going to take quite a quite a break. There's other stuff that came up. <laughs> All right. So now that we've doled out the homework, that just brings us to one last thing. And this week's one last thing is brought to you by Alex talking during the Final Fantasy VII remake concert. I did that. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> you, did, you did that a lot. I feel like the people in front of us were going to turn around and punch you at one point. <laughs> I hate this boss. This boss is a pain. <laughs> Uh, okay, so 
Antol, uh, since you haven't, haven't done this before, uh, we uh, give the listeners uh, a preview of one last thing that we want to share with them before we end the podcast and go into the weekend. And the listeners, because we usually drop this on Sunday, uh, go into the weekday or their week. So the one last thing for me, uh, I have not opened the Epic Game Store in a while and completely forgot that The Wolf Among Us 2 is a thing that is happening. And now my Thursday is much happier having yes. done that, knowing that information. All right, Alex, hit us with your two things. <laughs> um, my, my one last thing is that... Uh, I missed out on Chicken Police. I played it the one day on stream, and then I was going to play it the second day, and my internet wasn't cooperating. And I purposely didn't uh, continue to play it off stream because I'm very excited to play that on stream. That game is wild. It's furry-licious. <laughs> the world wasn't ready for more Chicken Police. <laughs> All Chicken Police are bastards. All right, Joel, <laughs> what do you got? So last weekend, I made my first trip to the Dragon <coughs> Ghost. Uh, and Mecca. Heart, heartbreak at the Dragon Ghost. Marvel vs. Capcom 2 was down. <laughs> no. Oh, no. But we first Primal Rage 2. Yeah, the first three times I went, Primal Rage 2 was down, so I finally got a chance to play that. Not great. That's It's a game. <laughs> <laughs> but I played I, it. <laughs> I have never <laughs> And yet your favorite uh, burger. You are missing there. out. Yeah. yeah. Galloping it, Ghost is it's the place. It's a playground. I did it's an experience. Yeah. Alright, Alec, what do you got? Final Fantasy VI has a release date. I am super stoked. Two weeks? Yep. February twenty-third. Oh. Are you gonna be ready for it? I I am I'm unemployed, yes. <laughs> so you're going to be able to beat five by then? That's, that's what I was getting at. Oh, that... Uh, maybe. <laughs> do what you need to do. Antol, can you uh, let us know your one last thing? Visit thirdcoastreview.com. No, just kidding. <laughs> but no, seriously. Um, now, I'm going to be prepping for uh, Elden Ring. I mean, I got some... There's an entire Dark Souls 3 DLC I never played, so, I mean, that's what I'm going to be doing. That's my oh, one yeah. last thing. Elden Ring hype. Where can, where can people find you on the internet besides thirdcoastreview.com? Uh, Twitter at theontalbocor.com. Or at... Oh, my God, it's not .com. What? My brain. Wow. And then um, it's just Twitter, folks, at theontalbocor. Okay. And um, Twitch at uh, just bocor, just B-O-K-O-R. Nice. All right. I I guess that, that'll do it for this week's episode of Super GG Radio. Before we go, you can find us on Twitter at Super GG Radio and twitch.tv slash Super GG Radio, where maybe Alex will stream Chicken Police. Chicken Police. <laughs> uh, Joel will stream. Me no. and Kelly are doing Kirby's Epic Yarn. It's still on uh, the we, Epic Yard. It started Tuesday. It, we're, we're gonna savor it. We're only doing an hour at a time because it's something you want to just have time to savor. It's a good one. I'm pretty sure Kirby just eats everything fast. <laughs> he eats nothing in this one. Wow. <laughs> He's on a diet. Maybe it's just a Kirby light. <laughs> He's on that intermittent no. fasting. He's getting you, trimmed. You ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> and then, 
Uh, maybe Alec will also have some streaming plans if he's not too busy uh, doing adult stuff. Yeah, you know, time with the wife has kind of taken precedence lately. Uh, I hear you, man. All right, if you'd like to reach us with questions or input, our email address is mail at superggradio.com and provide us a review on iTunes or the Alex Stop Punching the Elderly of your choice. Thanks for listening. GG, Alex. GG. Good game, Joel. Good game. GG, Alec. GG. And good game, Antel. GG. Thanks, guys. Thank you for joining us. All right. We are off. <laughs>